1: Welcome to another episode of Quantum of Solace. Uh, I'm Al Smith of the Solace Centre for Public Christianity and with me in the studio is David Robertson. David, this is going to be the last Quantum of Solace that we're going to do for a while. Why?
0: Because I'm heading to Australia and I'm not going to get you up at 11 o'clock at night or whatever it is. To do this. And, you know, we're going to take a wee break. Now, let me say straight away, we are going to come back in July and really appreciate all the people who've been in touch about this. And uh, we're looking at how we can make it bigger and better or uh, leaner, perhaps, and better. Uh, there was there was some thank you to the,
1: the listeners who wrote in. Um, my favorite quote from the email listeners was, from the lady, and I presume it was in the southern US, she says, y'all are killing it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I could go with that one.
1: Okay, now you had a bunch of topics you wanted to cover, but I've decided to chuck a bunch of them out because of the news yesterday of uh, the death at 76 years old of uh, the, the Stephen Hawking. I will
0: describe the remarkable properties of black holes, including the fact that very small black holes aren't black at all, but glow like hot bodies. We should never stop trying to tell these extraordinary stories from science, and I hope my lecture will enthuse a new generation to develop ideas that will have an impact on our understanding of the world, and never to be overwhelmed by the task of discovery. Do you know
1: what? I first met you or first came across you on the internet was when you were doing one of the very early episodes of Flea Bikes, Flea Bikes 4 or something. And I I remember it because it was called Hawking's Haverings. And when I when I saw when I saw the news yesterday of, of his death, this is what came to my mind. And actually this was the first time I came across you because you made this joke on it about that's it, fabulous. Stephen Hawkings has pronounced God is dead therefore i don't need to get up and go to work anymore and uh, so you threw your newspaper down on the on on the telly and and you go hallelujah and then you said well of course how can you have hallelujah if there is no yeah that's what came to my mind what came to your mind when you when you read about his his death yesterday
0: i guess i mean i just feel the same I, i feel sorrow for any human being's death uh I wondered where he was at spiritually. I don't know. You can't make any pronouncement or judgment about that. Um, He was brought up as an atheist and he, you know, followed that for most, if not all of his life. I've heard that he went to St. Andrew's Church in Cambridge, which is a very, very good biblical church. One of the things I would want to reflect on is, you know, the influence of his books and and also, one book that completely blew me away that most people won't have read. But let's, I mean, we'll come which to that one in a minute. That? Which well, no, that? we'll come to that one in a minute. Let's just do the Brief History of Time. The
1: Brief History of Time. And in, the, in I've the... got that on my shelf, but I've never read it. It's one of those books
0: that lots of people have, but haven't read, isn't it? It's the most bought, unread book in history. <laughs> um, but I think it's sold about 10 million copies. My wife's but, read it. Yeah. Bill Bailey has a fantastic, fantastic skit on A Brief History of Time, which is still makes me laugh every time I see it. But I I took a a quote out of that for the Dawkins letters where um, Hawking says this, It would be very difficult to explain why the universe should have begun in just this way, except as the act of a God who intended to create beings like us. Now, that is very interesting because the reason that A Brief History of Time is so difficult to read is because Hawking takes the common sense view, which he observes, Uh that it's very difficult to explain how the universe could have begun in this way, except as the act of a God who intended to create beings just like us, mm-hmm. which is a great description of creation. Uh-huh. And because he does, he won't accept God, he then has to create this incredibly difficult um, argument. So I you know find him a little bit fascinating but he's he's he was, he was a very good communicator
1: yeah, but there's also I mean there's also I mean, there, there's there are some flaws as well in terms of one of his other books was what was it the grand design you wrote with uh, Leonard Mlo- Mladenov and and you know to to oversimplify the book probably is basically saying because there's such a thing as gravity therefore the universe exists and and of course he's making a category isn't he? he's doing he's, he's well, what's wrong with that
0: statement yeah, I mean, well, there's so many things that are wrong. I mean, basically, Hawking's big problem for me, from a philosophical point of view, one is he says there's no such thing as philosophy. Philosophy is dead. That's that's so
1: he, a philosophical statement. Well,
0: and also that's <laughs> so that he to, doesn't have to deal with the arguments. Yeah, you know. But the other is that you, you you've got a basic, you know, from a, I mean, again, Lennox on this is absolutely brilliant. But he, John Lennox, Professor John Lennox, when he says we, you can you can either have everything. All matter coming from eternal matter. In other words, there's a something that's existed forever. Or you can have matter coming from an eternal God. Or, and you see for me, I couldn't think of any other or, but, but Hawking says everything comes from nothing. Now... How he redefines nothing is very interesting because it's not nothing. Well, that's what
1: Lawrence Krauss picks that argument up as well, doesn't he?
0: Everything comes from nothing. So, but listen, there's one other thing about Hawking that, you know, I want to put across. I mean, I don't like it when anybody dies, when people either trash them, which rarely happens, or they make them into a saint. And, of course, that's happening with, with Hawking. He's brilliant in lots of ways. A and t- a great almost, scientist and also
1: it shows you what's possible with the human mind in some yeah, ways isn't it? But it's yeah, common grace and wh- wh- what God can do through an unregenerate mind.
0: Yeah and overcoming on one level overcoming his illness except this. Um, have you seen the, fil- um, the I had, theory I, of everything? I never got around to seeing it no. Okay I've seen it. Now it's a very sugar-coated version of his life and the reason I know it's a sugar-coated version of his life is because I found in a second hand bookshop the original memoir of his first wife Jane Wilde And um, I think it was called To Move the Stars. Now, she rewrote it because it was pretty vitriolic and it was then caused uh, something else. I think it was Reaching to Infinity or something was the rewrite on which the film was based. Uh So it was a bit kinder and it was years after the divorce. But To Move the Stars gave a picture of a man who was a misogynist, a man who was an appalling husband, and a man who took advantage of his wife's love for him when she gave up her career, and everything else in order to care to for care him, for and her. then yeah. when he became rich and famous, dumped her for his nurse. Now, in every story, there's I guess there's two, three, four, five, six sides, but it was an, it was an absolutely eye-opening book for me, and I thought the film really, really sugarcoated. I think the other thing that is there is. Again, the film doesn't show this, but he also divorced eventually the, second wife, yeah, yeah. the second wife. Yeah. So I I've heard, you know, described as a brilliant scientist and an awful husband. Well, supposing I was a brilliant minister and an awful husband, I think I'd rather be an awful minister. And a brilliant husband. I'm sorry, but some people would say that you are. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) some people say I'm awful. Both as well. But let's not bring my wife into this. All right.
1: One of the things that struck me when, and it's kind of it's kind of the glaring kind of inconsistency that's in this the the media coverage at the moment. Hawking is being, as you say, turned into a saint, but it kind of strikes me that our culture will then go away and and not realise if he was conceived today, would probably be aborted, wouldn't he? Yes, and I think that's because of disabilities. Yeah. If you think about what we're doing in terms of abortion, then how many other minds are we? Yeah. Um, what else are we losing? You know, but yeah. through aborting. But yeah. anyway, that brings us on to another story that's in the media just now, um, or actually another story that isn't in the media just now. <laughs> Basic human right to life, and we're pro woman, we're pro baby, we're pro life, and that's our main concept pro life. The media is biased, end of. (laughs) It's clear, I mean, 33 to 1. 33 articles about pro choice things, and only one article on (laughs) pro life. I think that's it, just to be honest. (laughs) 100,000 people marching against the, the repeal of uh, the Eighth Amendment in Ireland, the the repeal of the abortion laws in Ireland, uh, preventing it. But there was not a peep of it in the media.
0: What did you make of it, David? It was through social media that I heard about it. I, d- I didn't hear about it on the BBC. And here's an interesting thing. If 100,000 people had been marching to get rid of the abortion part of the Constitution in Ireland, I think that would have been all over the media. Yeah. But I think because it was the other way around, it was like when two million people marched in France against same-sex marriage. It was hardly a word. Not a peep. Yeah. You know, hardly a word. I mean, it's well, there's a slight peep on that one. It really is quite extraordinary. And I, th- I think we'll be able to put a link to it. Someone sent me uh, Archbishop Neary's pastoral letter on unborn human life. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. And I just think... In what way? What's the highlight from it? Well, the highlight from it is you just explaining what abortion is. It's taking of human life. Yeah, uh, It's very clear uh you know for example um but we living in a time where
1: people don't care about it they they they, they just want to do it
0: i think we're living in a time where inverted commas progressive values include the absolute right to kill the child in the womb Hmm. and the refusal to recognize that there is a child i mean that's we've been over this argument many times but that's one of the cultural trends i mean this is the last quantum for a while so you know, looking at the deaths of famous people, we've been doing that. Looking at this issue, uh, we've done that. But also, tied along with that is the suppression of, I think, discussion and the suppression of free speech. And sometimes it's through just ignoring things that yeah, are happening. Yeah, yeah. And other times it's through promoting an agenda for a tiny minority of people
1: I mean this is where the this is where the power of the media really comes in because the way that the media frames a story or frames the question or frames the way that it reports it then sets up in the mind of the viewers or the listeners how they then go on to think about it it sets up the categories in which they think about the issues yeah but anyway don't get me started on that one
0: again something we've covered many many times is in universities this removal of the right for people to speak now i think we're going we're seeing it in, i want to give you two instances of where this is going um, firstly a story that's reported from the university of bristol after a student union vote that they want to ban turfs from speaking now turfs for those of you who do not know exclusionary radical feminists got it right so because those who say that men aren't the men aren't women so you know you're gonna get David
1: banned. David's always with the hate you know yeah, no, exactly. always
0: with it, the hate speech it's hate speech. how oh. can you say that a man is not a woman yeah. now here's the other thing where this is going because we, we, we live in a society where I think governments inverted commas liberal governments are increasingly authoritarian so here's where I think this is going to go and here's a, a prophecy I will absolutely make that Facebook and Google and I would say right now Christians you need to start using other platforms something else because you're going we are going to be shut out because first of all the cry is going to be we need to stop Islamic terrorists so we've got to stop this we've got to stop that but how to define extremism how to define terrorism so uh, there's a Canadian journalist who's been refused the right to come to Britain because she was going to interview Tommy Robinson and because she's regarded as a Christian extremist we're 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 moving rapidly, rapidly moving towards a situation where media communication is going to consist of sound bites that fit with the ethos of the. I'm sorry, I'm going to use these words. People hate me using them, but the liberal elites who govern the culture and mm-hmm. anyone out with that, you won't be allowed to challenge it. Now, for me, that's a disaster. I think free speech is really important. I think free speech is great for the gospel, but. Uh, we have got to watch where this is going. So all, all I'm saying to you is one of the reasons you're going to keep getting Quantum of Solace is because as long as we're able to, and we don't have to go on the dark web to do this. And that day may well, not be too will, far that, away. That, that may come. That yeah. may come. And,
1: and in which case, and actually, one of the, one of the interesting things is actually the, when it comes to communication, the genie's out of the bottle now. Yeah. You no longer need the, the I mean, mainstream media still has a huge role. It's a huge influence. But but there are other ways now of of bypassing that and to to communicate from from one mind to another. So
0: yeah, well, take for example. I mean, I we, we had a, 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 an article in the Scotsman this week. I think the Scotsman readership is down now to about twenty thousand. Yeah. What's... Well, I'm sorry, but some of my yeah. blog posts get more than that. Yeah. You know. So I mean it, it it it's yes, you're right. The genie is out of the bottle. I still think mainstream media is really, really important. Absolutely. It's, I'm... But it is it is I I think the trend that we're going to move towards is the regulation and absolute control of um social media. I think that's where we're gonna go. And I think it's gonna come through the corporations actually before the governments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I do think you will see Um, Google and Facebook and others so uh, censoring and banning people
1: so anyone Christians make the most of it while we can
0: yeah we've got the freedom right now but I'm not sure we're gonna have it for uh, you know more than two or three years and
1: if we don't appreciate it while we still have it then we will be forced to lament its loss once it's gone next topic you want to talk about was your old pal Richard Dawkins a rather interesting headline about basically Dawkins wants to eat human flesh no no what's the background to
0: that story first of all well, I told you Richard Dawkins is a monster he's a cannibal he's no, the Antichrist oh,
1: come on come on that's a headline no, right no right, no, no this the is the a thing. story
0: about taboos yeah this let me give st- you his tweet okay yeah. and Richard Dawkins should stay off Twitter I mean he really <laughs> is he's a he's, he's the gift that keeps on giving what if human meat is grown he says could we overcome our taboo against cannibalism? An, inter- an interesting test case for consequentialist morality versus yuck reaction absolutism. Now that's what he says. Of course, um, so it's,
1: it's clear where he stands on it. He thinks yeah. that it should be done because... Okay, why is it wrong from a Christian point of view? Because human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. We have a dignity, value, and worth that is not...
0: Yeah, I think... That separates I, us from the other animals. Look, I mean, let's not be too shocking. I think that um, dawkins is right by his standards but his standards are sorry i've got in trouble for saying this before yeah, but his uh, standards he, are from the pit of hell so
1: dawkins is consistent with his view of the world in his view of the world then why not yeah but I mean, from a christian perspective
0: absolutely not yeah now the other thing is there are atheists dawkins is not a human exceptionalist, as it's called, he doesn't think humans are exceptions, but there are atheists who do think that humans are exceptions, so let's not label every single atheist with the Dawkins label. Let's
1: well, just put hold their feet against the fire and not get them to be consistent with the assumptions of their
0: worldview though, yeah, but what Dawkins is doing is in effect, what he's doing with this he's 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 poking, I think I heard someone say this, he's poking his finger in the eye of the judeo Christian tradition and understanding of humanity and yes richard dawkins we do think human beings are special that's why again going by my greatest hits one of the things i said that most upset um the humanist society when as i said they weren't very humanist (laughs) they were they were against humans which i still believe but let's before we get into any further trouble let's all right
1: one time for one last story um David Sushi, who, uh, who did a very successful narration of the NIV
0: version of the Bible, you listen to that in your morning devotions, don't you? I love it. I, I use it all the time. In fact, his voice is in my head. You know, I, said, I, said, uh, I actually said to him that, that um, you know, you're reading to me the word of God, you're the voice of God to me, because uh, that's what I use. I, I find it just absolutely incredible. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. I was asked to write an article this week. And again, this is the kind of thing that we do. We look at what's going on within the church and the different trends and so on. And and again, please don't think that what we do is that we're... Don't, don't think that we're binary, that there's good people and bad people. We think everyone's screwed up. We think everyone gets everything wrong. Not everything wrong, but everyone gets things wrong, including us. And we have to work out these things and we dialogue and all the rest of it. But David Sushi has put forward a position but he's doing a series of podcasts having met with people different people from the Abrahamic religions mm. and he's come up with an argument that basically says doctrine divides and the love of Jesus unites and so on now i uh, wrote the article and amazingly you know i woke up in the morning and there's david sushi tweeting me so it's it's fascinating because he what he tweeted was very, very good. And let me... Uh, you
1: tweeted him last night, though, didn't you? We need to... No, no, I, no. no. Uh, I,
0: oh, no, no, no. I thought no. you tweeted him last night. No, I wanted... Uh, no, no, it you was
1: asking for an interview for the record.
0: Yeah, well, I want, oh, no, I want an interview, yeah. But no, he's because of the... Um, it's because he read the Christianity magazine thing. And this is what he said. Thank you. Another trap is to believe that what is printed in the press and edited on video clips is all I said. Good point. I agree completely. Uh-huh. So he could have been misquoted. Absolutely. I'm in several newspapers today being misquoted. So... Amen, brother. I feel your pain. Then he goes on to say, similar to taking certain biblical quotes out of context. Amen again. Mm. Jesus' doctrine for us is love. Amen again. He condemned man-made religious rules and traditions. These separate divide. Amen again. Now, but we go on. So I suggested, yes, okay, but, and he responded, just just read the various Christian church catechism, dogmas that are certainly polemical. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount turns the world's values upside down. Jesus' prayer to love one another is not being answered by church dogmas that divide. And here's the problem. The problem is this is that the Sermon on the Mount is full of doctrine and of full it of is. dogma. And it's full of divisive doctrine. Absolutely. Full of it. So adultery, for example, that divides. Um the whole beatitudes are divisive. The teaching about God the Father is divisive. So I know what sushi is doing at one level. Uh, or actually, no, let me take that back. Maybe he doesn't realize what he's doing. No, I, I yeah, I apologize. I don't know what he's doing. It could be that what he's saying is the harm that's caused by man-made rules and religion. And you and I, and I hope every Christian would say, absolutely, God save us from man-made rules and religion. But what about God's rules? Mm. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. And if it could be that he's, he, he's doing what we would say, yeah, isn't that brilliant? Or it could be, that in actual fact, what he's doing is he's throwing away his Poirot brain and saying instead, well, all you need is love, and Jesus is love, and let's ignore everything that's not love, forgetting that if you love me, you will keep my commandments, forgetting that... That You'll God, abide the God, in the who, word. Is, the God yeah. who is love gives us commands because he loves us and the commands
1: uh, are good because God is good yeah. and actually what he's doing he's doing the classic thing isn't he he's, he's he's separating the nature of God from the laws of God and you can't do that fundamentally God's word is good yeah and it's us that when we don't when we can't see that it's because we've divorced it from the character of God
0: so
1: Hey, how
0: we so that's it. Here we are, Quantum of Solace, and this last one—it's really what we are all about. It is um, dealing with current events, tragic death of Stephen Hawking, engaging with different worldviews, challenging within the church, questioning the culture, trying to think things through biblically. Um, trying to understand what's going on and trying to communicate truth we're not about alternative facts we're not post-truth post we're not legalists anything else we're not al <laughs> we're not on air next week yeah we're not okay So I uh, look forward to meeting. I know there's quite a lot of people in Australia listening to this. I look forward to meeting some of you, uh, especially if you're in the Sydney area, be around that most of the time. Any of you who are going to the Katoomba Christian Convention at Easter, uh, look forward to meeting you there. And we will come back in July with a whole range of new stuff and a lot of comments. So please don't take us off the podcast. It's not going to be around for a while, but we'll restart up in July. God bless you. shine on. We are the